Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Mark in Manila here from ESL, businessenglishexperts.com and of course initial-impact.com. I hope you're having a good rest of your day wherever you are in the world or if it's the evening like it is here in the Philippines, it's just coming up to midnight. A very long day of coaching here. So uh, my voice is a little bit croaky, but um, hopefully you can still make out some of these tips I'm going to share with you for you if you are a Spanish speaker of English as a second language. We're going to be speaking about pronunciation mistakes or errors that you might be hearing yourself make or other people might notice. Now, again, I have to thank you all for writing in to me. Um, this seems to be working quite effectively. So my Arabic speakers, you are still wanting extra advice. I'm going to do more for my Arabic speakers. Um, also, my Korean listeners, thank you very much. Um, I got some nice feedback to the first one that I did for you guys and girls. So more coming from me there too. And again, I've had a few people, um, Spanish speakers, um, mainly situated all across the world. Particularly got a lot of listeners in America at the moment who are speaking Spanish. Um, so we've got a lot of the, the Latin influence here coming in. And of course, from mainland Spain too. So um, I figured this would be a good one for you. So let's talk about the 10 pronunciation errors that I tend to come across when I work with anybody um, from Spanish speaking countries. And uh, maybe you can spot yourself in some of these. If you can, then get yourself a free 30 minute Zoom session with me. I can help you improve these in a live session. I guarantee that you will be leaving the session sounding clearer and your pronunciation slightly more accurate, at least by that first 30 minutes. And clearly, if we do a lot of work together, then you can expect to hear radical changes. So when we look at the, the whole sort of situation, pronunciation errors do cause problems, all right? Um, they can make it impossible at times for you to convey your message clearly and quickly because you people are getting distracted um, by trying to work out your pronunciation. We don't want that to happen for you, certainly not in a job interview situation. So let's look at how and why these things happen. So mistake number one um, in Spanish, as I know myself from living and working in Spain for a number of years prior to coming here, um, words never end in a consonant cluster. So basically, by consonant cluster, I mean where two or more consonants are pronounced together with no vowels between them. So some examples can be things like texts. Okay, that's a good example. Um, while clusters may appear at the beginning or middle of words in Spanish, so think uh, hombre, hombre, that's a good way uh, of expressing that one. They never appear at the end of words, and it's almost impossible for Spanish speakers to pronounce. Okay. Therefore, um, it's very likely that if you are a speaker from Spain but using English as a second or foreign language, you will unintentionally drop one or two consonant sounds um, if they form part of the final consonant sequence um, in order to bring the pronunciation closer to what is possible in Spanish, which is a single consonant, right? So it doesn't matter what nationality you are actually here. Um, if you notice from the other podcast I put together, what we know is this that you will always attempt at first to try and bring English into the range of what works in your own native language. So that might mean throwing in extra vowels at times or dropping things out, all right, because you were trying to get it to format across to your usual speech pattern and your rules and regulations for your language. The key to getting rid of this is to forget that exists, okay? Just treat English and do not use it with any other rules other than the English rules. Now, that might be easier said than done. 
trust me, the more you practice, the better you're going to get, the stronger this muscle will become, and you will eventually be able to do it. There has been lots of success in my recent sessions, and I'd love to help you do that. So get yourself a session with me. The links are down below, and we can work through, and by the end of that 30 minutes, you will leave feeling better about your pronunciation. I promise you that. So if we look at it, um, you will often find that things sound a bit strange. So we might hear instead of people saying um, worked, okay, as in I worked all day, we say I work all day, okay. Um, instead of test, I took a test, I took a test, okay. These are sorts of things that we hear happening. Um, mistake number two is when we substitute the final M for Mike with an N sound for November. So Clearly, the M consonant sound does exist in Spanish, but it doesn't appear at the end of words. Okay, so therefore, um, it's you know it's not difficult for you as a Spanish speaker to pronounce the M alone. It can be challenging though to get you out of the mindset that you need to pronounce it at the end of words. So if we think about ice cream, okay, so ice cream, right? So whenever the M ends at the end of a word in English, okay, this is where we have a problem. So Spanish speakers, you might be substituting up with the closest sound available for you that does show up at the end of words in Spanish, and that tends to be the N sound or the N sound, okay? So the N or the NG sound. So when you substitute this in, um, often this happens without you thinking about it. You're not doing it on purpose. Um, awareness is the number one factor in improving this pronunciation challenge. As I say, you've got to listen out for yourself to do it. So the best tip I can give you here is to record yourself speaking out loud for five minutes. Find a topic you want to speak about. Maybe watch a YouTube video, read an article or something, and then try to summarize it like you're speaking to an audience. It's good practice for your listening skills or your reading skills, and then your speaking skills. But what I'd like you to do is record yourself speaking about it, then watch the recording back and see where you are doing. Are you dropping some of these sounds? Are you replacing vowels? Are you doing things interestingly, like I'm talking about here? And if so, then you want to be focusing on eliminating it. Okay, and we can do that together in a session. I can show you how you can do that and then give you a technique you can take away and use it for 28 days because 28 days is psychologically proven for the length of time of doing something repetitively for it to become a new habit. And once you've managed to establish that, then you can go forward, okay? So um, when we look at this, okay, it does present a huge pronunciation challenge because, for example, the word seem, okay, is pronounced as seem. So we go from it seems like a good idea to it seems like a good idea, okay? Um, if you think the word foam, okay is pronounced as foam as in p-h-o-m-e so not f-o-a-m but p-h-o-m-e um, and game playing a game can be pronounced as game you're going to play a game right so these are these are things that can really cause you problems in your meetings or communications and it's important we get the mind out the state number three would be pronouncing the, the z sound so the z the z is pronounced as an s so there is no Z or Z in like in zoo in Spanish, right? That Z sound is often replaced and misplaced with an S, uh, especially when it appears in the middle or ends of words. The Z or the Z sound is also um, made clear and is the, the pair of the S consonant sounds. 
So basically what we're saying here is they're pronounced the same, except for the, except for the fact that the Z sound, the Z sound, the vocal cords, if you put your hand on your throat here, okay, you'll feel they are vibrating. And it's very easy to make this mistake since both sounds look and feel the same, except for the vibration of the vocal cords. So if you hold your hand on your throat, you can do this now. Um, if you go Z, as in zoo, zoo, you will feel your hand vibrating, okay? If we say something like Sue, 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 you won't really feel much of a vibration. Zoo, you definitely, and the difference is, of course, you're pushing air out. For an S, you're pushing air out like Sue, okay, or so. If you do so, so, put your hand on your throat, so, you can't feel the vibration, right? Okay, but if I say zoom, I can definitely feel a vibration, okay? This is why it's really important that you understand this. Um, and when, when we look at it, it's to do with the way that the words are written and the spelling. So English, unlike Spanish, is not a phonetic language, all right? So often we find that that Z or Z sound is represented by the letter S. In Spanish, the letter S always represents an S sound, always, always, without fail. This creates quite a unique challenge, I think, in confusion for many of you speaking English as a second language if you're a Spanish speaker, related how the word should sound. Um, and unfortunately, most, most of my Spanish speaking students, they learn English by reading and writing first. Um, and then your listening skills are compromised. So it does cause a bit of a problem, but it's not impossible to fix, okay? So don't lose hope. If you want to work with me and take a session, I can really help you unpick some of this. Um, all I would say to you from the state number four is it is this. Different vowels are pronounced the same way. So in Spanish, there are five vowels, A, E, I, O, U. And in English, there are about 16. And none, none of them, okay, really correspond with the English sounds, okay? Um, so Spanish speakers, you are not, um, you're not familiar or comfortable with the pronunciation of vowels in English, really. Then if so, then they tend to get merged into similar vowels for the closest vowel sound in Spanish. So examples of this would be uh, ship and sheep, reach and rich live and leave okay these are kind of examples as to how this happens um that's something to really be aware of mistake number five is that the yut sound is in yes consonant sound and the jut sound is in job switch places right so often we will hear spanish speakers pronouncing the yut consonant sound as in yes okay um as a jut sound like jeers so you might have yes becomes yes, years becomes years, okay, and um, yellow becomes yellow, right, okay, and the substitution is often reversed too. So words that begin with J will be pronounced with a y for Y sound. So yob instead of job and just instead of just. Um, for example, when I lived in the Canary Islands, in Grand Canaria, there was a big shopping centre called the. It was actually spelled okay, the the jumbo center okay um but it was always pronounced as the yumbo okay the yumbo center so yumbo and jumbo they got mixed up right so that's just something else to be aware of it happens a lot 
And it did lead to a lot of confusions because people are asking, you know, where's the Yumbo Centre? And the locals, they're like, they don't understand the Yumbo Centre, but we know where the Jumbo Centre is, right? Okay. So you can, you can totally understand why it would get mixed up. All right. And um, also the, the B consonant is pronounced as a B. And this B and B comes up a lot for different nationalities, right? Um, which makes you feel better about it because you know you're not alone. So the pronunciation of the letter V in Spanish is probably more similar to the pronunciation of the letter B for Bertie in English. And this pronunciation carries over to English as well. So the V is kind of has friction, right? To pronounce a V, your bottom lip has to touch the top teeth. Okay. And the air passes between the teeth and the lips. It's kind of like just there. The B is created by closer lips, right? But together, the lips close, they touch each other. If a B is pronounced in place of a B, words may change their meaning, right? So very will become berry, okay? Boat sounds like boat. You can see how this can cause confusion. So watch for that one as well. Also, the American R or the English R is replaced with a Spanish R. So um, Spanish R and American or British R are pronounced differently. So in Spanish, there are two R's. There's, there's perro and then perro. Okay, so you roll it. And for both sounds, the tip of the tongue touches the upper, the upper part of your mouth, right? Now, the R in English, the tip of the tongue doesn't touch the upper palate. All right, okay, but curls back a bit as the lips round. Um, Spanish speakers, you're often pronouncing the American R as you pronounce your Spanish R, bringing the tip of the tongue to touch the top of the upper palate. So we can work on that again in a session. And really, it's the sort of thing you can only do in a live session or with someone one-to-one -one because we need to see each other's mouths. The mouth mechanics are important and the positioning is everything. Um, mispronouncing a H sound can happen a lot uh, because H is silent in Spanish. And in American English, it's or you know, even British English, it's generally pronounced not always, but you can hear it more or less. Okay. Um, some speakers mispronounce the H, and really it can just sound like a J, like a Yalapina, right? So um, if you think about that, um, we get the H in English is soft and sounds like a whisper. The, the substitute is more dominant. So you really want to sound soft, like, hello, how are you over here? Okay, it's a soft sound, okay, not a harsh sound, okay? Um, if you're saying it harshly, it's going to sound very, yeah, very misleading, right? Okay, so be careful with that one too. Also, um, we hear this a lot. Vowels are added to words beginning with ST stuck sound okay so in spanish a word will never begin in a consonant clusters to simplify it's just you know to, to make this kind of clear to you the impossible pronunciation of words that begin with stuck in english right so um if you think about it spanish speakers you're adding an e vowel okay this happens also um a lot with arabic speakers too you throw an extra vowel so Right, for example, stress becomes estress, okay? Street becomes estreet. Estrange becomes strange. Uh, it happens also with the Italian speakers too. So, you know, you're, you're all in this together. Um, it's not unique to different different countries. You all share similar, similar problems and challenges. 
The other mistake that we hear, the last one, is that tricky sound, okay? The one that makes the and that and they and there, okay? Often it's substituted incorrectly with just the t on its own or a d on its own, right? Okay, this happens also in the Philippines too. So Spanish speakers um, don't have, you know, there is just no th consonant sound, right? Okay, so you tend to keep the tongue inside the words with th and it's in common mispronunciation. So it can result in the different words sounding well. Hmm. You pronounce different words the same way. So the th in thanks, which is kind of very soft, gets replaced with a hard t. And the words are like tanks, tanks a million, right? Okay. And the, the, the in the or they will replace with the becomes like they. They said, they told me. Have you seen the movie? Right? Okay. Um, and strangely enough, I don't know why, um, but the th does actually occur in Spanish, but it's unintentional. Um, when the d sound appears between two vowels. So an estado, okay? Estado, estado, okay? Um, it's, it's just kind of a very strange random thing, really, how that sound does occur. But the actual t and hut together, as in seeing that written, never does. But the sound does appear. So I hope this gives you a little bit of an idea of some of the challenges to watch out for yourself if you are a speaker of English as a second language and Spanish is your native tongue. What I would say is, you know, record yourself, listen to yourself back, and see and hear what you're doing, and then work on one of those issues first and then move on to the next one keep going through them until you eradicate them all and of course you can get a session with myself or come and join one of my group sessions um, they're starting up again very soon and they will give you an opportunity to work with speakers from all around the globe okay so you're really going to get a good exposure to a lot of fellow people all struggling with similar challenges and it's going to give you a great opportunity to do a cultural exchange too and understand a lot about different cultures and help your pronunciation skills. We all work together as a friendly family in that group online session. So again, you can get all of the details below from ESL, businessenglishexperts.com, and you can sign up to any of those programs. And feed my newsletter, please sign up to that. If you sign up to that, you're going to get a free pronunciation guide from me as well. So it's going to make it really worthwhile. But I do hope this has been of interest to you. If you're a Spanish speaker of English is your second or foreign language, I really believe that you can make a huge difference by taking on board some of those comments. If you'd like to try a free 30-minute session with me to experience it directly, because it's so much more effective than listening to a podcast, please do. You can also get the benefit of seeing my mouth, which either is a benefit or not. I'll let you decide. But you can watch how it should be pronounced. And that's really going to help you because there is no substitute for that, really. So, look, um, keep going. Keep practicing. Never give up. And I hope to see and work with you again really soon. And more Arabic stuff coming our way very, very shortly. Lots of questions and comments from my lovely Arabic students. It's becoming one of my specialties along with the Korean language. So if you're from either Korea um, the Arabic-speaking countries and Japan as well. I've got a lot of expertise of working with my Japanese students now. And, and this is the other thing just to briefly mention, is that if you are looking for an insight into cultural differences, um, so if you are from um, the Middle East, perhaps you're from the Far East, so China, 
Um, maybe you are in another part of the world altogether again, but you are looking to live and work in Europe or the UK. I can absolutely help you in cultural sensitivity training so you understand exactly the differences you're going to come up against and perhaps with your boss or your colleagues or your clients and suppliers and how to tackle them, all right? So please, please sign up to my newsletter. That means you're going to be the first to hear about any new launches I do or special offers. If you're not on the newsletter, you won't know. You will miss out. So I don't want you to do that. And keep going. Remember, you're only limited by what you believe you can do. So believe you can do better, because I do. I'll see you soon. Hello, everybody, and sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to mention a few things that can help you, all right? So I want to help as many of you as possible. You can get a free 30-minute check of your English level, your OET, IELTS, or any other things that you're trying to achieve here with me. If you're trying to pass your interviews, maybe you're attempting to get a job overseas. You would like to know how you're sounding and what a native speaker really would say about your responses in an interview or an IELTS or OET test, for example. Um, check out that at eslbusinessenglishexperts.com. If you're looking more for career and immigration coaching and would like to discuss your plans, then you can hit me up over at initial-impact.com. But both of those sites, the links take you to the same end result, which is a booking page for 30 minutes free of charge to book your session, time and date you pick on Zoom. Also, if you're doing IELTS and OET and you would like help with your written or speaking tasks too, and you don't or can't have time to book a session with me in person on a live call, which again, I can do. You can get live one-to-one -one coaching on Zoom anytime you like. But if it's hard for you, then take advantage of my IELTS and OET written and spoken task service, which means that you buy credits, 10 credits, 10 tasks, and you can submit your spoken audio files to me for critique and review, and then I will respond within 36 hours with a full review of your transcript and to tell you where you sounded good, where it fell down, and the corrections, okay? Um, for your written IELTS and OET, again, you can select all the tasks on my booking site, which the links are all uh, all available. If you just go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com, you can find all of these services there and follow the links. And what you'll be able to do is get a response from me within 36 hours with correction of your written task. And then you get a chance to do it again with the corrections I've suggested. And I will also expand and give some of the native phrases you might like to consider. So you're going to find out how to make yourself sound better, to hit the magical number um, that you need to get for word count, pass and get the higher grade, and also how to expand your sentences and create essays, because many students are struggling to know even how to, to create an academic layout of an essay. Um, you're going to fall down there too. When it comes to OET, it's slightly different, but the same process applies. We look at how you structure those referral letters and how you write the client and the patient notes. Okay, So it's very specific, depending on whether it's OET or IELTS. Um, I do it all. Me and my team, we are here to help you. Okay, So don't hesitate to reach out. And of course, please, 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 if you'd like to purchase any books, then you can get that from the bookstore links. Again, you'll find those all on the site. So good luck, everybody, and hope to help you soon.